0: G'day it is the coach and we are scullering through the underworlds we are finding the cheese and no not actually finding the cheese we're actually finding the the sweet sweet um warp I don't know what we are finding. what are we finding we're finding gnar holes we're, f- <laughs> you, you've got the cheese I was just thinking i like I don't want to like say that we, we're going for the cheese like you know the really uh-huh. jank type of stuff but You've actually got really awesome bases with cheese. I should have actually brought photos. Um, I'm joined by Scarlett. First off, I should do a proper introduction. Um, I am joined by Scarlett. We are talking all things Skaven. Um, Scarlett has done really well. I I noticed her on um, the, the Skaven chats for a long time. And you recently placed fourth at an event. Now, this wasn't just like a 10-player event or a 30-player event. This was a 100-player events. I think it was like 98 players. And yeah. to place fourth with Skaven, I, I think it caught a lot of people off. At least for me, it got my attention and went, what the? So I, I want to introduce uh, Scarlett and, and we're going to talk about how, how are you guys going in the meta and how has third edition kind of placed you all. But before we do that, hello, welcome. You want to give everyone an introduction on how you got into Skaven?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm Scarlet. I've been playing for about two years. Oddly enough, um, I got into Skaven when the Island of Bloodbox dropped back in Fantasy. Um, On a whim, I picked it up because it was a game I wanted to get into. Um, The person who I bought it with, they took the elves, I took Skaven, rushed to build it, played for about 30 minutes, never touched it again until AOS 2 was out. Um, I ended up going with the Skaven just because rats are adorable. But then I found AOS 2 came out. It was a a lot different. I got back into it, cracked them out, and uh, found some local players. And the army's been a blast to play since.
0: They're always an interesting army. Like, you you don't find a lot of Skaven players out there. And when you do, they're super passionate. People who have been following my channel know, like Dan Brewer and Thomas Holdsworth. And I've had a whole bunch of really passionate Skaven players. But you don't see a lot of them on battle reports. And you don't see them a lot at the table. And I think... There's an, I, I don't quite know, like, I why, why do you think they're not as popular as they should be? Because rats are adorable. They've got some pretty quirky things, like even like that little brain, little brain mm-hmm. kind of rat that kind of hangs out. Like, there's some real bizarre stuff.
1: Uh, the flavor is a lot of fun, but I, I can't say exactly why you don't see it very often. I know that um, a lot of people underestimate them or that a lot of people can play them in a much more self-destructive way, so they don't seem as competitive, at least... If you try to approach them or play them in a style you would most other armies. Um, in a lot of those situations, you'll find yourself falling right on your face. So a lot of people tend to lean away from them. Also, their sculpts are very old. Um, yeah. We always joke about the old monkey men is what they look like instead of rats. The, and, you know, they haven't really given them a lot of updates yet. Um, I know that there's some rumors and hopes that's going to happen here in 3rd. Yeah, that's my well, I mean, consider,
0: considering you've got the oldest model in Games Workshop, which would be the Acolytes that are still metal, I think it might be mm. the, one of the only metal models currently still available. Um, and you're right. Like, I have I've, I've uh, I have been familiar with Skaven. I actually had a uh, – people don't know this. I actually had a second-edition Skaven Blood Bowl team. Mm.
1: So that's,
0: like, early 90s, and they were more – rat wolf like they were more like a yes. war rat as opposed to like what we know today but you know and Carter called that earlier there was some really interesting um scaven, like a scaven list one uh I went five and oh at, at a tournament in the UK and scaven can compete I think that's the interesting thing is is that they compete they do well um we were talking earlier before we went live they've got a deep roster but the way you play is difficult they're not as obvious as what, you know, Stormcast or Iron Jaws or some other faction would be, and it takes time to learn those those kind of tricks, and that's the probably the cool thing because people don't expect it, and, like, like, is that kind of what you found in your experience?
1: I have. Um, so I played, like I said, I played Skaven most throughout Two. Um, I took a break at the end of two and started playing some other armies. I played Gargans. I played Seraphon. And I noticed that while I can play them in a certain way, Skaven takes a lot of different... You have to think really differently. Like you have to kind of step back, look at the board, think about what your models are doing and try to decide, should I run? Should I stay? Can I run here? Should I... There's, there's a lot of movement and a lot of maneuvers you have to do to make them become viable. You, know, you don't really get yeah, to I... run them up anymore.
0: No, there's a lot of like retreating, for example, like something that is really... Not intuitive to players. Most people like to fight themselves out of combat, and you've really got to keep yourself in balance and go: Should I fight or should I retreat? And in Skaven's cases, especially because you've got re- retreat and charges, and and uh-huh. you know some really interesting retreat mechanics. I think that's a really good lesson that Skaven teaches you. And uh, people are reminding me that not just the acolytes, you've got, like, weapons teams and plague priests. And uh, I think I've hit a nerve, but please give Skaven some new love. I can only imagine what Skaven would look like with the new sculpting techniques that they're doing. Like, you could go Super Saiyan with these types of models.
1: It would be fantastic.
0: We've kind of talked a little bit about third edition so far, and you mentioned you played in second how have you found Skaven making the jump into third? Is it been a positive experience? Has it been some frustrations along the way? Like, what's how, how have they landed so far?
1: Um, overall, I personally have found them to do fantastic. One of the reasons I parked them in second edition is because I found that they just could not compete with the meta, either between their point cost or... Uh, with third edition, they're so much better because of all of these command abilities, all of these things that you, they can do to help themselves out. And with that jump, I mean, I've, I've noticed the games going from maybe taking, like, 16th to taking 4th very often in a lot of tournaments just because they have that extra backbone, that extra um, maneuvers, extra skills they need between the redeployments and the constant, um, you know, especially with the new Overwatch on everyone's favorite Storm Fiends. But coming into third, they seem much more viable. And when the point increase hits, they survived it very well. Um, do they i didn't
0: i, I didn't off. actually look at their points i didn't i didn't re, i didn't think about their points i'm like oh yeah how did they fare?
1: uh compared to some of the other armies i did they really did not take much of a hit i mean you saw your storm fiends got hit pretty they jumped from i think it was around like we're doing five twenty or something to like six fifteen, which to be honest they really needed to because they've been a very yeah. underpointed unit but a lot of your other guys um your master molders decreased uh, your clan rats went up ten points. Um, your storm vermin went up like one uh, up five points. Overall, the whole army itself—an army that you fielded at two thousand points in AOS two—would only cost maybe like two thousand one hundred now. It's quite amazing what they did with that, and it really helped them get more units on the field compared to the other armies, so they can be that horde army if you want to.
0: And you know, Gracie, uh, just to grab this comment because it's actually a really good one. You know. Um skaven probably from my opinion and Scarlett, you tell me if i'm wrong skaven probably is a bit more of a beginner it's probably tough for beginners um if i was going to give an advice to someone, I, I would never tell somebody not to pick up an army they love and if their first love is going to be skaven i would never say not to do it my advice probably would to that would to be to maybe avoid some of the randomness there's a lot of randomness and a lot of ways to blow yourself up and Maybe not focus on too much of the shenanigans. Just get involved with the more simpler type of stuff, and then build over time. Would that be? What would your advice be to a, a new uh, player would, picking up Skaven?
1: I would agree with that fully. Um, there's a lot of units, like you said, that can be self-destructive, um, and for newer players, that can be really. If you build an army, you go there and you blow yourself up. That's very disappointing. You may never pick them back up again. If you're going to get into it and you want to, you're okay with hordes. I mean, just grab a bunch of clan rats grab a screaming bell and just walk up the field you can have a lot of fun that way if you want to do the monster routes i mean you still have molder between the rat ogres so there are some simple straightforward ways um especially with molder being a much more physical melee combat oriented because those rat ogres can be very tough but for new players yeah it's you can get into it just don't try to get yourself super deep into maybe real heavy and Descrier. maybe don't try to do too heavy of a mix because then you're bringing a lot of different elements and Again, I mean, I have a AOS reminder that's a mile long between all the stuff you gotta remember while playing.
0: It reminds me of my Git's days where you just got like this massive, massive cheat sheet of just all these different things. And I think you're right as well, like with the scry type stuff, even like the the, the Doom wheel, you know, as a new player, you don't quite know why things aren't working. Like you think you're doing the thing, right? You're like, why isn't this working? But you don't realize that there's so much randomness in Skaven that um, your best plans, um, will fail at the the times that you need them the most.
1: And yeah, when the dice as don't want trust
0: you. Yeah. Yeah. I found that a lot with my gits with their random movement. It's just like setting up this perfect charge and then I roll a four on 3d6 and I'm like, cool, there goes the game. Uh-huh. And Mitch, Mitch, it is always a good time to start Skaven. It is always a good time. I don't care which army you're starting with or where you're coming from or what's happened. Go pick them up. It's always a good time. And the reason I think that as well is Broken Realms Cragnos gave you new rules, which I wanted to talk to you about, Scarlet. Yes. You know, yeah. you've got hidden hidden weapons teams. So um, almost like your version of the Fanatics that hide uh, a bunch of weapons teams in things like Clan Rats. Yeah. you got updates to the Help Hit Abomination and the uh, Rat Ogres.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, with the new Cragness book that came out, that uh, the weapon team thing is an amazing trick to do, um especially since you have several different weapon teams. The two most viable, thinking off the top of my head, would be the flame. Um, I can't remember the names exactly. The flamethrower guys.
0: What what fire? Uh, thrower, fire throwers. Yep, and yep. the
1: um, yeah, I mean, they're one of the best, especially if someone comes in with a unit of, say, a bunch of mortec guards. I mean, those mortal wounds just popping out and. Yep. Yep. So and, good. And the weapon teams are cheap. Um, they're, they're, you know, you're looking at 70 points on average for a lot of the weapon teams. And most armies will field clan rats as a screen just because you don't have a lot of battle line choices unless you dig deep into one or uh, the other. And then on top of that, the mutations are fantastic. I mean, you're looking at the tough sinews. I mean, you can turn rat odors into six wounds. You can give them six attacks. You can change their save to a, their actual um, save profile to a four up so that they still benefit from a plus one. Um, you can make the hits automatic charges on sevens and always seven move. So, you know, a 14-inch permanent threat range. Um, yeah, they give a lot it. of fun options.
0: Yeah, I was looking at this because, like, when I picked this up in second edition, I was look, uh, doing the review, and I'm like, no one's really running hits, No one's really running Ogres. Like, there's some cool stuff. Like, I know what drew me to, like, the the Hellpit Abomination is one of them was you can make it uh, 14 wounds and armor save four which mm. I thought was really tasty. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, we changed the characteristic. And now in third edition, I can throw a Mystic Shield on it because the characteristic hasn't gained a plus one. It's actually now flat four. So yeah. I can actually now make that a three-up Pit Abomination with a Mystic Shield or, or, you know, some other type of shenanigans.
1: And then his, um, I think it's a four-up ignoring spells and uh, endless spells. And then on top of that, if you get the magical five or six and you just bring him back to life when he dies. So good. I mean, so even good. with my I list think, now, I'm working on trying to bring one in as I wait to get one, hopefully, a model soon. Yeah, and,
0: like, I think, I think you know, Skaven is much like cities. There's just so much list tech. You know, do I go 100% in Clan Scryer? Do I go Master Clan? You know, I, I wish I could say, like, you know, some of the other clans were more viable. I wish I could say, you know, let's go all Verminous or let's go into – I mean, Eshin's got its kind of little thing, but – you know, I think generally maybe Master Clan is still probably the best.
1: Uh, it seems that in this edition I'm finding in third, they're really pushing you into mixing. Um, especially since with Skaven, the one thing I love about them is with a lot of the armies, you kind of pick your faction, like with cities you're picking, specific places you're from. With Skaven, they're all there. If you bring a hero from that specific section, if you bring an Eshin, a Verminus, and a Master Clan, you get the Master Clan trait, the Eshin trait, and the Verminus trait. So, whatever you bring, you get that in the army. So, you can bring a little bit of everything to it.
0: Yeah, it's like my Gits because the bad moon just has different effects depending on what, if you're running trolls or squigs, there's, you know, I know from my Gits point of view, you usually build around one type of kind of. And so, you might go like 60% squigs, for example, but it's okay to still bring in 40%. It's about how you build in the synergies and um, not just got mix and matching for the sake of it.
1: Mm hmm. And there's and a whole so master. Please go. A, sorry. I mean, master is where you find all your big guys. That's your all your vermin lords are master clan. Um, for the most part, I know some of them can slide into the Ashen category, but you know, like your warp seer, um, Scree- uh, Lord Screech, who I'm hoping gets to see more table time soon if someone figures a good way to use him. A uh, thankful is master clan, and your gray seers, your screaming bells. So it's not uncommon to always have a master clan kind of as either your general or a little bit of a leader that's coming with you, and then that gets you that extra command points on a five up you get a command point back
0: which is great like the yeah. like there's th- that's probably one you know, i was going to throw about some of the other changes because you've got a whole bunch more command points and yeah. for me i just can't get enough command points because i want to i want to unleash hell i want to all that attack all that defense i want to rally i want to redeploy then i want to do stuff that's sitting on my war scroll so um any way you can get extra command point is going to be great
1: and 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 you know and that also feeds back into the what is better in third for them is the command points really have changed the way they play it. At least I found that I've been able to do so much more. Redeploy is an amazing um, ability to use. I, I found it to be one of the biggest changers for this army, whether to get them closer, even just redeploy. You roll that six and all of a sudden they can't charge him because you just move those clan rats right in the way and use them yeah. as chaff through the redeploy.
0: No, it's brilliant. And there's a whole bunch of other things as well. Like one of the things that I kind of... When I first look at third edition, I thought of that your army and my army because Gits and Skaven in some builds would run 40 to 60 clan rats or Mm -hmm. 40 to 60 Gits. And we can only now, I guess, do a couple of things, right? You know, we we can only reinforce up to four units in a 2000 point game. Mm -hmm. And then we also have issues that you can only issue inspiring presence once we have coherency issues. So it means, especially with only one inch attacks, you know, there's only so much you could do. And, you know, you got a little bit of shenanigans. How have you found that from a horde point of view with Skaven?
1: So for the reinforcements, um, it has made it a little tougher, especially since if you are running mixed, which most people are, it's not too common to see going ham in on one entire thing other than Scry or Molder. You know, you're forced to run Clan Rats or Storm Vermin. And you're not running storm vermin unless you're running a block of thirty. So if you're doing that, you've already chewed up two reinforcements. So I mean, you're either burning a bunch of your points in your screens in your clan rats, or you're trying to uh, trying to up your secondaries, which there's a lot of them that are great. Um, acolytes are an example. I used to love taking twenty acolytes. They were, so, I mean, those attacks were beautiful, but now. I mean, even if you get them in Scryer and you go just that way, you can get them to 15s, but now they're down to 10s, making them, in my opinion, much less usable, especially when you're trying to buff them up. Um, Rad Ogres got hit. um, Even Storm uh, Fiends.
0: uh, Storm Fiends. I remember a lot of my opponents would bring up a unit of nine Storm uh Fiends, which you now can't. Can you make them battle line?
1: Uh, You can. So that was a big thing that was happening early in early second edition, the nine Storm Fiends were winning a lot of tournaments. So they cut them down. I think it was General's Handbook 2020 when they they capped them at six. But now with the new reinforcement rules and the fact that they are line, you can go back to doing nine. And there's a few lists out there that specifically just run like nine Storm Fiends. And that's almost, I mean, that's, you're looking at 945 points, I think, for nine Storm Fiends, which is just a murder ball on the table. But I mean, with the new coherency rules, Storm Fiends are a little bit rougher to get into combat if you find yourself wanting to do that. Yeah. And that's probably been the challenge.
0: And once you start going above five, you've got additional layer of coherency and um, mm. it almost becomes a disincentive. I know, you know, Iron Jaws players with their piggies, they go, oh, do I go six or three? And do I start doing these weird shenanigans? Or because uh, I can't get them all into combat. And, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many great things and also some changes i think we've been look i've been looking at my armies a whole bunch differently as well you know people are talking to me about you know you know things like the warp grinders um you know are, the, are they good now and i think there's a whole bunch of gems maybe that are, are worth revisiting but then there's also some things you like that worked in the third in second. Maybe it's time to poke it on the shelf. Do you have any thoughts on the Warp Grinder at all? Uh, I have
1: not personally used them. I have every once in a while. I always look at them and I'm thinking, can I squeeze that into an army? Um, I do love the ability to, if I'm thinking of the right one, that's the one that can make you deep strike, right? I want to make yeah. Sure. Yeah. Is that I'm the, the Tunnel? I think so, because there's yeah. always the bl- uh, Whirling Blade one too. Skaven, I think it's I think it's, them? The I think it's the Tunnel.
0: I think it's the Tunnel one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they have such an amazing list of models to use. I can't remember all of them. Uh, I have thought about using them. I have not. Um, In a tournament I'm going to be doing, hopefully in November, they are on my list to try to bring in to do a little deep striking, just to get more of that board control. Um, For their point cost, I think they can become very viable if you have a unit worth taking up out of the ground.
0: um, I'm waiting for the day that someone takes Doom wheels again. Um, They were a staple in Warhammer Fantasy. I love them. Nothing says Skaven to me like a big hamster wheel, but I haven't seen them on, uh, and uh, and they're too random, I think. From a competitive match play point of view, their randomness is what keeps them being on the table.
1: And that comes back to your classic Scryer stuff, where stuff's so random. I mean, you you can give your opponent control of its movement is the way the Doom Wheel is, and that just, you never (laughs) want to see that happen. (laughs) We're,
0: we're in Gur, right? So, you know, we're in this, this realm of monsters. How, how are you thinking about the monster builds? Are you thinking about having a whole bunch of monsters? Um, I think is Pit's a, a monster, right?
1: Pit is a monster. I think it's one of the, outside of any of the hero classes, I'm pretty sure Pit's the only monster in the Skaven line.
0: Is, um, are you thinking about things like, you know, do I need three Vermin Lords to kind of get those additional victory points? You know, some of those battle tactics give you if you have like a monster involved. Or is it something that you're like, eh, I'm going to play to my strengths, which is just the hordes and not give away the victory point?
1: Um, I always take thankful right now for many other reasons. But one of the bonuses is because he is a monster. And especially since um, all of my, as we'll see in the list later, everything I run is a wizard. So I have the ability to turn something else into a monster, so the few things where it's like Savage Spearhead, where two monsters get you an extra point, I can turn one of my heroes into a monster and get that. Um, the only one I can think of that really utilizes like all three would be the Ferocious Advance, which I believe yeah. is the one where you run yeah. three. And I yeah, have at bringing the look to bring the help hit in, just because the help hits it's just looking really fun. <laughs>
0: If you if you get it and I think that the, the challenge as well is that when you you know you have one monster you can do a metamorphosis you know cool I've got my two and then the third one if you want to go for that one battle tactic gives you a bonus it's almost like is it worth it and if I go with a cheap monster I'm giving away a cheap victory point because you you know every time a monster dies you lo- you give away a victory point to your opponent and if you go down some of this tanky route like we just talked about one of the ways you can get the help in Abomination that's actually now not a not a bad monster because you're not giving away a cheap a cheap victory point
1: yeah and, and um and honestly when he hits if you roll if you roll pretty good or at least even decent he can do a lot of damage especially carrying that ren minus three and that ren minus two
0: have you found battle shock is an issue with these clan rats and the hordes? because i know for me as a gits player i would run 60 gits 40 kits and then two units of 20 because like yours they come in blocks of 10 sorry blocks of 20 sorry um but for me now i'm thinking like right i've only got one inspiring presence do i need to find another battle shock immunity in the army or do i just start going back to you know units of 20 how are you fighting it on your side with skaven
1: um i have it has become a problem a few times um with the clan rats i don't worry too much one they're mostly there to either hide and grab objectives or die. And in a lot of battles, 120 go in against a unit that does enough damage to make them battle shock off the table, they're gone anyway. Like a gargan just wipes through 20 clan rats like they're nothing. Um it gets a little tight because especially since I run big blocks of like thirty storm vermin, I have to save that not to lose them. But then you know you can also lose your storm fiends. Very expensive models because their bravery is low. So it still is a problem. The only one, only being able to do one um, Inspiring Presence, I find it makes it really tough decisions and it makes it a little risky sometimes. I've thought about trying to get the bell in or something to help with that immunity.
0: Is there any any sleeper units that you're, you're now reconsidering? I don't know if, you know, I know endless spells have certainly changed and we had this time of, you know, the Warp Lightning Vortex was hot, then it became better in Carriage and Overlords. And then, like, we're, we're in this middle ground. Like, have you thought about any of the endless spells or even any other sleeper units that maybe um, weren't viable in the old edition?
1: Uh, a lot of them were viable in a lot of ways. Um, I'm finding that the... Uh, I'm finding Thankwell, who you never saw beforehand, has become one of my MVPs. I mean, he... What he's done on the table and the ways I found you can use him between all of his abilities and his rules is is amazing. He's been my biggest sleeper unit. A lot of people see him. They don't really know him much. I take time before the game's explaining all the stuff he does. And then, you know, they come at me with 30 more techs. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to roll 120 dice now. And he's been the biggest sleeper unit I found. Um, outside of that, the higher Ren units or any mortal wound units have been really really useful and the shackles and this and this uh 3.0 the shackles have been one of the most amazing spells i've been using
0: Why? why is that and by the way we are going to go through one of scarlet's lists as well and um thank is in the list so i will probe a bit more on why scarlet's saying that about Thankful. i'm not just going to leave that on the table but um whatever i was uh, saying the shackles <laughs> i forgot um, yes yeah, shackles. yes
1: so, I mean, as I mean, and every show you've done, everyone's always talked about go trek being one of the most annoying things right now, and even the gargants, I, the shackles ability to shut down a charge, and basically eliminate combat has been very, very useful in a lot of games I've played, especially um against gargants. You know, just shutting down their charge, shutting down their run, lock and go trick up for a couple of turns in certain armies like um ko where they don't have the option to dispel it, unless they use their command um. Was that that command hero thing at the beginning of the turn?
0: Oh uh, yeah. You can use, is it heroic willpower?
1: Heroic willpower. Yes. Um, I find if they don't use that, a lot of the times those shackles will sit there and they can be very annoying. If you place them right, you can prevent someone from even getting on to an objective.
0: And most people go straight for the CP. I found are you know, they're so laser focused. They either want, or, uh, uh, the, the heal, they want to kind of heal themselves, mm-hmm. the CP or in that, you know, once per, per game, you know, um, their finest hour that you know not many people think about the 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 dispelling or getting rid of an
1: endless spell so and that um, works to your advantage with like the shackles i mean you'll put them out and someone could do it but they they sometimes don't think about that i feel bad sometimes i remind them if i'm in a good mood but you know it's they it's such a small almost because they're not doing damage so people ignore them a lot until they try to go into combat they realize they're within six and their whole turn combat their go tricks just sitting like a duck
0: Yeah, I found that coming out of a whole bunch of chats is that, you know, we're we're in this hero hammer meta right now where, and it might settle and it might change and who knows how long we're even in this battle pack for, but right now, you know, you're seeing Marathis, Alarils, Gotrex, Teclases, Archaeon, like you're seeing all these superheroes because one, being a hero monster is just so good right now between the heroic actions the monstrous rampages the bonus victory points like there's just so many reasons to take that how are you finding cuz you don't have that really awesome hero like and, and no just no no disrespect to Wall or no disrespect to to bone ripper or even you know the vermin lord who can be quite tanky you know but it's no it's not archaeon no. how are you facing those even mega gargons like how are you facing that and and how are you thinking about those in, 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 in top-tier competition?
1: Uh, so, for example, and when I did Summer Slaughter, um, I played against Gargans. I played against uh, Bone Reapers that ran, I'm going to say his name, not Archeon, Archon. Uh, oh, Archon the Black. Uh, you know, we played, I played against Phoenixes. There's a lot of these big heroes, and I, I've played a couple games against Marathi and things of that nature. We don't really have many ways to kill them. Um, your Storm Fiends can, if you get lucky, you can do a lot of damage with them. But for these big heroes, like if Nagash is in the way, really it's about stalling. I mean, the game only goes on for 10 turns. If you can keep that hero locked up, stalled, it's just one single model. Um, you know, it can't grab multiple objectives. You can use your time to run. Sacrifice a group of clan rats sometimes so they can't get towards your more powerful guys. Uh, throw the shackles down. I've thrown, claw. I've um, put every one of my models in one corner and sat a claw lord right in the middle so they could, no matter what not get to him. He was dead, but the big hero couldn't really participate and i found especially in these higher tournament levels and trying to get into the you know tougher games it's all about trying to avoid and distract those heroes
0: I know, um, I know when I – so one of the local guys in my community, Dan Brewer, who's been on this channel before, I know when he is playing with his scaven, and he'll have, like, a couple of clan rats left. You know, it might be two or three clan rats in, still in the unit. He'll always retreat them, and he'll always use them to body block to make things really hard, like, you know, to block off the hero, to screen. And I think, you know, what you just said, there are ten turns, five on each of our sides. So the more ways that you can retreat and move and manipulate – and I found, I found that Dan would always stop me from going where I wanted to go. If I'm yeah. a big monster and i got a big pie plate, just having models kind of scattered around uh-huh. would stop me from landing in certain spots or it would make the charge just that little bit harder and, you know, you know, then uh, uh, things do things like redeploy as well. So uh-huh. I think that's kind of like a really great point. It's not about killing them. It's about stopping them from scoring. You put in 1,000 points into a model. Stop them from the impact.
1: A single, I mean, a single clan rat, which I mean, I guess if you math it out, that's like twelve points, can stop a gargant for an entire turn. I mean, you use that um, that inspiring presence to keep that one clan rat alive. Next turn, you just sit him in the middle, and now there's nothing. You've locked up a huge monster, or um, even using the clan rat if you can't avoid something like Archeon who has flying, you can use him so that the size of his base can't land anywhere in the middle of your army. Just sit him in the middle. Now Archeon can't land anywhere.
0: That's what I found a lot. Like, you know, especially when I go into these big heroes, they've got 130 mil base, 160 mil base. Often they've got a large base mm-hmm. and it's hard to to fly and get into where you want to be. And then you've got those chaff screens of whether it's going to be giant rats, whether it's going to be clan rats and, you're stopping me from getting into those juicy targets, and that's where Giselle's uh, archolites, you know, your you, you, doomfire warlocks, where it might be like yep. doomfire warlocks. That's that's daughters. Like, <laughs> but you, you're shooting them off the board, and you're pinning them as long as possible with those models and spells.
1: And especially if you do a tactic like I'm very big into the guerrilla warfare style. That's how I came to discover this army worked better, and it's about delaying them and shooting from a distance, not letting them get into combat, retreating, firing off a couple of wind launchers at the unit and just trying to pick things off or taking out all their little um their support troops take out all the troops take out their little support things leave the big guy because again if you have four units they have one giant thousand point uh model he can only grab one objective you can run around all over the place
0: yeah you see that a lot with gottrek as well like people are just redeploying and just trying to keep that him out of combat and you know the more that you kind of move around and avoid him uh the less value that model's getting because they're not yeah they're not getting their points value uh-huh. i i, I want to ask this question and then i'm going to move to something that I, that's been burning for the last 30 minutes and that is the gnaw holes. and okay. i know there's some ways you've been thinking about gnaw holes and some of the differences but just on the meta right now you've got the other side as well you've got the hero hammer stuff and you've got things like gun lines especially like Lumineth. um Lumineth have a whole bunch of shooting whether it's going to be uh-huh. through the foxes whether it's through the mortal wounds with sentinels even cities have a lot of shooting and KO and things like that. Do you have some interesting thoughts or strategies around? So, uh, those are some
1: of my biggest concerns. Because, again, when I run the list, you usually have one or two hammers in your army. A lot of it is chaff, support stuff. And, you know, if you're running like Storm Fiends, you lose your arch warlock. Or or now you've lost more and more war power. You've neutered them significantly. So, a big thing, and it's the reason you don't see a lot of. Um, spells or vermin lords is because I'm going for the one drop I so I can get that control. I can use those null holes, get on the other side of the table and kill any of the shooters beforehand. Um, I played a game last weekend against the cities who brought in two units of 10 of the um, Lumineth Bowmen. So, and, and first turn, you know, I null hold over, wiped out both 10 man units with the storm fiends, and then the threat to kill my back line was just neutralized. At that point, it was a pure melee game. Um, Getting the upper hand, getting to move first, placing the gnaw holes, and trying to use your long-range attacks to take out those threats early is the only advice I can say for that. And that's the only way I've been able to get past it, because like, oh, those bowmen can really take out a lot of units that you can't lose right off the bat. <sighs>
0: And that's the challenge is, you know, again, I'm, I'm using my Gits as an example because that's my reference point that's similar to Skaven. You've got, you know, a couple of, like, five wounds, six wound, four wounds, squishy heroes that are often supporting some of those blocks of of troops. And you're mm-hmm. right. Like, that 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 Lumineth Archer has got enough mortal wounds to take down the little average hero that's running around supporting, buffing, you know, you built the strategies. And and it's, and you can't protect it, right? You know, minus one to hit it's not going to be enough
1: that's to just
0: stop and, you know and they're ignoring light of sites so you can't hide them you can't put up some type of blockage
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean the biggest thing i like i said the biggest thing i found is trying to build the list or find a way to get control of that first turn or choose who gets to go first so that you can try to kill those support units quick kill those dangerous units fast because if they get the upper hand on you if they take out like your storm fiends you're kind of a sitting duck for the rest of the game
0: yeah yeah no i i, I dig it and um, we were talking, oh, I mentioned gnar holes. I think that mm-hmm. that to me, uh, like I've been seeing some discussion. I know you've got some thoughts. The way that you're thinking and using gnar holes on the table is is changing, right?
1: Yeah, so gnar holes used to be, I mean, they were pretty straightforward in the sense that you place them on the table. Um, usually you'd pick three spaces. You have the range of the whole board edge. Within eight inches of the board edge, opponent's territory, yours. And it was if there was a hero at the beginning of the movement phase within six inches. You could teleport a unit that was wholly within six inches to another part of the table then they couldn't move well now they've changed that significantly so for one now it's um it's at the end of the movement phase so you can move to a null hole um there are no stipulations if you can run or not so you can essentially be 14 inches back with a unit of storm vermin you can get one storm vermin into that um hole and now that it's no longer wholly within, you can now teleport what is essentially a Congo line of 30 storm vermin running across the table to a whole nother area. With the removal of the within and putting it at the end of the turn, you have the ability to just retreat onto a all-hole and teleport to another side of the table and then charge in the charge phase since clan rats and storm vermin can charge as well as retreat in the same turn.
0: I like it. You can I also like teleport that. out
1: of combat, which people don't know. You don't have to retreat. You can keep you can just teleport right out of combat to another gnaw hole.
0: That's how are you teleporting? Is it, um, what's it called? There's a, is it a spell? Is it the? Um...
1: The gnaw hole itself is built. It's just built into the gnaw hole. It's at the end of the movement phase. You may select a um, Skaven unit within six inches and teleport it to another gnaw hole.
0: Oh, uh, so if the combat's happening around a gnaw hole. You're teleporting. I was thinking of, um, what's that teleport? Is it the teleport spell or?
1: Oh, Skitterly. Uh...
0: See, that's what I was thinking. I was, I was thinking you were skitter leaping with the, with some combination, but no. You're, what you're doing is you're fighting around a Nahal, and then you're removing yourself because of the way the the rules interact.
1: Yes, and um, and if you do that at the end of the movement phase, you can again still charge from the other Nahal because it is not a movement. It is not a retreat either. You just basically have eliminated the idea of combat for that unit, and now you can charge in the next turn.
0: That's um. That's awesome. That's a that's a sneaky little rule. I like that. That seems like a whack-a-mole with rats, like just popping up, popping out, like just here, there, everywhere. Because I like it. That's cool. And, and,
1: and that's what you do. You place some, uh, I mean, a lot of people. You you want to put them in on other opponent's territory. I find a lot, but I also enjoy doing the three corner method. So I have access to almost all of the board by putting one in three of the four corners, and then I can just teleport but- around as I need to.
0: Cause that's always been like an interesting debate. Like, do you put two in your side of the table and go for the plus one to cast? Do you put two in your opponent's territory and try to make it, is it deadly or sinister? Uh, Whatever. Yeah.
1: It, it, so they used to be arcane and deadly. Um, they still carry the same effects, but they no longer are considered arcane so that you can oh. double up on stacking that plus with an arcane, um, with an arcane um, piece of scenery. So they remove that it just they no longer uses those words but i used to find the biggest the trap you want to do is you want to put it in the opponent's territory it's it's kind of a trap to do that because then they block it off i've seen people waste 10 just one of their chaff battle lines to just never let you use the null hole and i used to love putting them in my opponent's territories you know that like yay they moved forward i pop up in the back but i've noticed they do that too often so now i like to place it on the edge so that they can't block the null hole, but I'm there in their territory.
0: One thing I have noticed, though, in third edition is people aren't taking nearly as much chaff as they used to Mm. because, you know, the table was larger. You'd have more objectives you're fighting over and and you had to, you know, you had to spread your force out a lot more and there was a lot more like reserves and stuff. But because of this hero hammer meta, people are struggling to put all their toys into a 2K list. And I'm finding that chaff, especially like those cheap five or 10 man units Mm -hmm. are just being left at home you might take one but you don't have as many as so yeah and i I think you know you're right like you know you put it into my territory i'm going to either ignore it and just kind of move forward and do you have a game plan or do i keep a cheap cheap bodies that um that i'm just going to sit there and i'm keeping them out of the game that
1: either way it kind of works to your benefit so you place it in their territory and they choose to leave a unit there if they have chaff well then they've lost a unit that can grab um objectives if they don't have chaff they could be end up wasting a mega gargan i've seen someone do that because they're afraid of one popping out and now that gargans just he's not even in the game anymore if they ignore it and move forward well now you got units popping up behind them and you can like i said you can put anything through you can put 30 storm vermin through you could put all six you could put thankful through for a surprise in the back
0: it is a little different though with third edition at the moment because there's not nearly as many objectives at home mm. So in the past, you'd have you know a couple of home objectives, and I had to block that off because I was worried about you popping off and stealing one of my home objectives. Now yeah. there's not nearly as many of those. I'm fighting almost in the middle of the table, so like I probably would care. Like if you did that to one of my armies, I probably wouldn't care.
1: Uh-huh. Or
0: I would I, if I had if I had chaff, I would I would leave it. But probably the threat's not nearly as bad.
1: Yeah, a very common um, one I've been doing. If it's your standard like your very generic one where like, you have this half of the table, I have this half. I place them right on the borderline so that you can't actually block it because half it's in my territory, half in, in yours. Um, and with one on each side, I'm still you're still within range of most of my weapons popping through. And then I keep one in the middle, and then I can also teleport left to right. If you bring a big guy this way, I'm going to go to the other side. And I'll run to null holes. And the whole game is, uh, you know, you need to make sure you're utilizing them the whole time.
0: It's always a psychological thing with narholes. I mean, you know, it's it's always the threat. It's like, oh, they're going to pop, you know, six storm fiends at me. Oh no, they're going to drop their drop their Giselles or their acolytes or some type of, you know, um, the arch warlock who's then going to throw warp lightning vortex. So they're going to do something that I'm worried about. So, um, and that's all that obviously plays to your strength as well because while people are kind of focusing on the narhole, you go somewhere else and you um, you play, you know, your game plan.
1: Yeah, I've always said you can change the course of the game with your gnaw hole placement. I mean, and if you're placing your gnaw holes in a way that's threatening, they might focus on those and ignore the fact that now they've set up in a way that they're not going to reach that one objective they needed to because they sat too far back because they were too afraid of that gnaw hole. So, and it provides an early game kind of psychological warfare, like you said, for the opponent to really have to put some extra thought in.
0: Yeah, no. So you know, any way you can make your opponent make a decision, the more decisions you make your opponent, the more likely they're going to make a mistake that you can capitalize on. So, and that comes comes back to why Skaven is a hard army as a as a beginner because you've got so many tricks to play with that uh, you it takes time to learn those tricks. You know, so little things like Storm Fiends, for example. Um, I, I know people are worried about them popping out of a narhole but often if you've got like the gauntlet, you just tunnel anyway and you pop out something completely mm-hmm. different. And then I, w- I wasn't thinking about that side of the table because that's where you pop out the storm fiends. I yep. was worried about over here, there's a hole.
1: And then some games I don't even use them. I've used, I've gone through games where I didn't even use the null holes or because again, you can run to them. I would just move up the board in my turn. And when they came forward, then I would just move backwards to the null hole, then teleport.
0: Do you have a, an opinion on Giselles versus storm fiends? I know Patrick's just put a put comment down.
1: That is a fun question. So Giselles still have a really good place. Um, the long range is really useful. Uh, I personally lean towards the Storm Fiends, if you can find the points in your list. Uh, because not only do they have that long 24-inch wind launcher, uh, or the, you know, 66 shots total between the two rattling guns, but in melee, if you run the shot or some people like the Doomfist, they're very, very powerful. And a lot of people don't realize this, but a unit of six is 38 wounds four up save flat so i mean if i find if you have the points and you have the storm fiends i will always lean towards the storm fiends
0: it also could be a great candidate for a rally uh obviously you know it it can be easy to get into combat so you can't rally but if you if you roll a six on a rally that's what six or seven wounds being returned which is i i have yep
1: i've had one um one storm fiend left and brought two back brought two melee guys back and then charged in
0: me, what Giselles come in units of three, okay. Yeah. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about redeployment with just not redeployment, um, with reinforcement points with Giselles. because you used to. I used to see a lot, a couple of blocks of
1: sixes, sixes or nines. It wasn't on yes. to see a nine group. Uh, I think they're like one forty five points. But yeah, I mean, they said it, it should be two wounds each if I'm not mistaken. They did get a buff to their armor save. I think it became a five up with a plus one against shots, but I mean they're very fragile, which is the downside.
0: Sorry, I'm just laughing at the chat who being super weird. Um, I so Carlos was asking, have you ever dressed up as a as a Skaven to get into the mental game? I dressed up as a necromancer once. Um I went to a like a, a it was like a half narrative, half competitive, and I was playing Legions of Night and I dressed up like a necromancer. Uh, it got really hot, so I kind of got out of that in, in after turn two. But have you dressed up like a skaven?
1: No, but I have uh, I have cheese earrings I'll wear. And then I have, like, my little cheese dice cup tray and my little cozy, like, you know, buy a lot of those cheese. Just bring the whole cheese. Just go really ham in on the silliness. And it kind of gets people in the the mood and they laugh, especially with the new bases I did.
0: Yeah, my, my, the, the mate that I keep talking about, Dan, has, like, a little toy rat that he brings to the mm-hmm. table as well. Like a little... little um. Soft toy. Yep, um, yep.
1: There's a joke uh, I've told people I'm going to start bringing because you get your warpstone sparks. I'm going to start bringing pieces of cheese and just eat them as I spend the warpstone sparks. And...
0: Bring it flaming poles like bring a cheese yep. board and offer it to your opponent.
1: I, love, I dig it. A little bribery. Yeah.
0: A cheese board with a bit of Swiss, a bit of halloumi, and yeah, bit of gooey. Oh no, I love it. Uh, no other true green warps, but yes, bring bring the cheese. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> I, 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 I want to start seeing skaven players bringing cheese boards. Bring some. Bring me some Swiss cheese. I would. That would be great. I that's would, actually
1: my it. display board that's going with the army I've been building. Is going to be a cheese cupboard. You open it up, and there they are in your cupboard stealing your cheese, and that's the display board.
0: Maybe we can play one day and I'll bring my, bring my gits and I'll bring the, the, the mushrooms.
1: There you go. Mushrooms and cheese snack. We'll have a snack afterwards.
0: <laughs> Do you have like a we, we, uh, last question before we get into the list? Cause I'm curious <laughs> to, to talk more, especially I want to know a bit more about your thankful will uh, your, your thankful science. Do you mm-hmm. have a, a, a rough game plan when you go in? Obviously each battle plan is going to be different. Every opponent's going to be a different, mm-hmm. but when you put your army up, because again, like this is a really hard technical army at times, What's your rough game plan with Escape and Force?
1: You mean for like a generic, like if I'm just when I start off my um, my match? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my rough plan is basically I need to see what their threats are. Do they have long range threats? What do they have casters? Place my casters far enough back. That's because I since I want a one uh, I run a one drop most of the time. I'm putting everything down before they even do, which makes it a little bit tougher too. But I mean, when I go in, my plan is to try to see what their big threats are. Um, another reason I've been able to make this work is because I've read every book. I keep reading all the updates for every army just so I know what is the most dangerous things and kind of place my units in a way that allows me to either avoid them or get to them as quick as possible. Um, I mean, that's the best I can say at that point. Without knowing. no, usually when I see the army, I know better how I want to plan it, but generically it's like get the gnaw holes down in a place that'll let, give you advantage to get around the board. Um, place your casters in a way that they cannot dispel because losing more and more warp power is really hard on the army. Yeah. And uh, just try to make sure you're not in an area you're going to get killed right away.
0: In most cases, do you go first or second? Or is there a condition that would trigger that decision for you? Like,
1: uh, There is a condition. So if it, if the army has no long-range threats, I let them go first. Like, if they're not going to hit me with hard spells, they're not going to shoot me, I just want them to come closer because that gives me a better chance of trying to control what happens next. Against an army like Lumineth, who has the ability to take me off the table on the first turn, I always try to make sure I go first, and I do my best to place in a way that no matter how they deploy, I can get access to their back line with the wind launchers.
0: All right. Carlos is being weird. Have you ever... Have you, has... <laughs> Have you ever thought a dream where he, he killed GoTrek? Let's let's I assume haven't. he always kills GoTrek. He
1: he never kills GoTrek, but he never gets killed by GoTrek. Um, at Summer Slaughter, GoTrek and Thinkwell will actually had two rounds of combat together, and neither of them died. Right, and well, let Very lore heavy, and I loved it. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, we are, we are at the list. So I've been teasing you all enough to, to talk. So this is the list. This is your summer slaughter list, right? This is the one that came forth out of 90 uh, 96, which is a massive, a massive achievement. And you know, so the list for anyone who might be listening to this in audio, you've got yourself um, the price sorcery and the indomitable triumph. You've got yourself the arch warlock, which is general with verminous valor as well as more, more, more warpower. power. You've got Thankwell with the Warp Gale, you've got a Clawlord with the Arcane Tome. Interesting, I, I want to know more about that. You've got the Arcane Tome with Verminous Valor and Flaming Weapon. You've also got 20 Clan Rats, 20 Clan Rats, 30 Storm Vermin, and 6 Storm Fiends. Um, and then you've got two Endless Spells being the Burning Head and Soul Snare Shackles. Um, and it's a one drop under the battle regiment, which I wasn't expecting initially, but hearing how you've been thinking about your list so far, it's starting to make sense. But take me through a little bit about like this list and how it works and why you've built it the way you've built it.
1: Okay. Um, so this list, many sleepless nights before summer slaughter, like two o'clock in the morning on the phone on, you know, War Scroll Builder, just changing it around constantly. Because um, I, I really wanted to get that one drop. I feel like with this army, I had to have board control. I had to be able to control everything that I possibly could to try to edge out the win. So, and that's what you can see a little bit of this felt a little forced, um, especially with only being able to take one hero over 10 wounds. You know, I couldn't bring a vermin lord to try to pull this off. But, I mean, coming into list building, I really wanted to try to think about the stuff I run into between Gargants, Lumineth, and I tried to find three different ways to fight any army that came up. And so I chose three different, basically, um, big attack units. So thankful is one of them, uh, the Storm Fiends, and the Storm vermin. And each one of them uh, acts in a different way. They're good against a different type of enemy. And with that, I kind of went for that all-around kind of coverage.
0: I dig it. so you've got so talk so let's talk thankful because um we haven't well you, you can take us wherever you want to go but I'm really curious about I guess one you've pulled the claw Lord to get the Arcane tome to make the claw Lord a wizard and then got flaming flaming weapon to do some additional damage and again I want to know more about this but thankful to me is the is the one that I rarely saw it in AOS 2. so what's brought it back to the table and why is it now? a more viable option
1: uh so thank Will, i never played him before aos 3 um in aos 3 i felt like he might have a good spot and in the tournament it showed he did so one he he's running 14 wounds which is a nice extra like two more than a lot of heroes you see or a lot of monster style models um i'm sorry if something popped up that's no,
0: all right That's all good no not, it's all good
1: um, yeah so he has 14 wins. Um, he has a base four-up save. He's got that nice 10-inch movement um, and a seven bravery, which for Skaven is oddly brave. But the biggest thing about him is his warp fire projectors. Um, you can build him two ways. Any combination of one of four, uh, basically fists or flamethrowers. With the warp fire projectors, it's a range shot at eight inches. For each warp fire projector he is built with, um, you roll one dice for each model in the uh, the opponent's army. Sorry, the opponent's unit. And every four up is a mortal wound. For example, if they come at you with 20 clan rats and you know they're all within eight inches, you now roll 80 dice and every four up is a mortal wound. Statistically, anything that comes at you that is two wounds or less and doesn't have a mortal wound save is erased from the board. Um, and that was one of the biggest draws towards using him for me was the fact that Mortal Wounds in this edition seem to have a lot of power. Um, there's not as many ways to stop it, especially with this stacking of armor saves like Mortek Guard, for example. I mean, I had four, uh, four Storm Fiends beat into five Mortek Guards and get nowhere. But yet Thankwell, you know, with his shots, just wipes a unit off instantly.
0: So I've been playing a lot of games lately, and, you know, I'm coming up against a lot of uh, armor saves of two or three. Things like Blood Knights have become popular. Um, I've just reviewed the Stormcast book, and I think Annihilators who have a base of two armor save, a base, so they can go up to a one-up, you know, if you really have any rend, you know, access to Mortal Wounds, especially right now, seems incredibly important, which is why I think, especially the Scryer kind of line, definitely have some type of Scryer in the list or some type of Mortal Wounds is going to be critical. I love, when I look at Thankful. I love the Warpstone Addiction ability. For me, in the current meta as well, given there's some high magic casters, you might come up against Lumineth, being able to auto-cast if you roll a 13, having 3d6 and able to drop the lowest dice, Is just that consistency is so important, especially when you have a what a like a uh, a, a narhole as well. You get that plus one. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. And that was another thing with him with his casting. So he's a two caster. His madness you don't see very often. I've played around with the idea of putting a spell portal in for it, but most of the time you're using him to either drop the shackles, um, or chuck out the warp gale, or possibly the head. But I mean, the fact that you can take one of those dice, roll the three dice, remove the lowest. Which, if you do that first out of your two cast, you avoid the dreaded double one. Um, unless you roll triple one, which then you're just unlucky. <laughs> but you can avoid that uh, potential backlash. And then the next roll, you still get that plus two. And that's if you're near hole, you're running plus three. And then, you know, he's yeah. got the, the one to heal every, on your turn, he automatically heals one. Um and even even in combat he is a he's a monster so he still gets to do his um monster's rampage abilities and oh. in combat he still can do some damage
0: and he has got a five up ward save so yep. um, ignoring wounds and mortal wounds so 14 wounds has a heal and then obviously you can do an extra heal through a heroic action has a five up ward save four up armor save you could always all that defense on that most turns um,
1: he's running around with mystic shield on him so i can get him to essentially a uh, four up ignoring two rend.
0: what's this stuff for the horn rat do
1: um, uh, it adds, uh, on the table, It's it adds a modifier equal to the table. Oh. Yeah, so he can get plus so two be, to his casting.
0: Plus Narhole Arcane Terrain. You could be, whew, watch out, Techless.
1: Yep, you can get him high enough to avoid some stuff. Make that's him tough, uh, that's hot. To um, dispel.
0: Is there, and Jonathan's made an interesting question around you build that with Fankwall, is there a way that you'd consider maybe some of the other more combat kind of loadouts, or why have you gone the warp projectors as, uh, as opposed I to have, maybe something combative?
1: I have thought about the combat one, especially since you can give him, um, well, I guess they clarified that you can't give him flaming weapon anymore. There was an idea rolling around to do that for eight attacks that have four damage each. Um, I have thought about it, but again i find with a lot of these especially with the the stormcast annihilators like you said coming in with these mortal wound weak units that just can't you know they're just they're ignoring wrens they're really tough to get through i really wanted to yeah. lean into something that could handle hordes
0: and and be be confident enough that it could uh it would survive the combat as well given again we just talked about the durability so yeah
1: the one time he died was against it was, i think it was 20 iron drakes who didn't move that was, like, the one thing that took Thanquil down in all the Torn uh, games I played.
0: But outside of that, yeah, like, I look at the combat profiles, like, Rend 1, Rend 2, like, yeah. I mean, the Rend 2 is decent, but, like, I mean, compared to what you could do with the War
1: Oh, yeah, he survived against Um Gotrek, mainly because when people forget that Skaven have the scurry away ability, in combat, they can choose, instead of fighting, to just run. So Thanquil comes in, you know, he's sitting there with an arc, um, a mystic shield and uh, all out defense. You know, you're still trying to chew through that armor save and then the five up and then he just bails out before the next round hits him
0: Um, i would imagine the warp projectors could be brutal with unleash hell too
1: that is the biggest thing i do with them you sit him behind any unit your opponent wants to come at and you just wait for it because it he doesn't suffer the minus one to hit so it's an automatic again yeah so you charge me with 30 guys they're gone
0: i was thinking the same thing with my huracanum because the huracanum has a missile attack but it's not a profile you just roll the dice and you know does a bunch of mortal wounds so a great way to avoid unleash hell's minus one um ability
1: and and i mean he's also just it's a psych out too i mean if you got if they want to come in and take the objective you got 10 clan rats there but think will sit behind them people really start to second guess that before he opens up on them
0: Before I move into the claw lord, and you obviously can take the reins and talk to me about your army. I think for me, probably the one thing that really surprised me is most Skaven armies either have a Vermin Lord or they have the Gray Seer on Dooming Bell. That's by that's what I always experience. How come they didn't kind of feature in your list? And before you answer, folks, it doesn't mean that the Vermin Lord and the Gray Seer are rubbish. This is just one of many examples of lists. So if you're new to the channel, we're just talking one of many examples.
1: Um, it's something I've been wanting to do. It's something I, I did play a game beforehand where I ran uh, Vermin Lord Warpseer with this list, taking out a couple of storm vermin. But it, with the desire to really make this a one drop, to try to gain that control, the list became too tight to put a second hero like that in. And I had, you know, I really like Thanquil just because in the meta I've seen he, I've never seen him fail. The only army he's not good against has been gargants, and even then he can just run around and avoid him.
0: But, what yeah, about I the mean,
1: do what about the gray uh the gray and the screaming bell is actually one of my favorite units period i just think it's cool um again it's the same situation with trying to force this into a one drop it really made it tight. and as i move into the next tournaments i'm going to look towards moving it to a two drop to try to get a grace Care and a screaming bell in especially for that battle shock immunity not to mention all the other fun stuff it can do
0: yeah, I, like when I look at both the war scrolls, I think they're both viable. I think I could definitely build a really nice vermin lord. Definitely think mm-hmm. the Gracier, um especially a whole bunch of abilities on the seer would work quite nicely. I think the you're Falcon. right. The trade Yeah, the, the, the trade off though with the one drop does make it tough because it's like do you take Thankful or do you take the Gracier and, and it's and I think the Thankful's a great decision. But if you're building around a warlord battalion or some other type of battalion and you're less worried about drops, then yeah. Um, you don't have to make that hard choice.
1: Yeah, that's uh, the, the bells are fantastic if you want to do the classic horde army. And in that situation, you don't care much about going first. You just drop in two units of 60 clan rats and a unit of 20 of them, and you sit two bells in the middle of each of them and just walk up the board and just sit there all day while they try to chip away at 140 clan rats.
0: But it did lose the minus one to hit though, right? Because they've clarified... The um, um, uh, lookout sir now because it's got thirteen wounds, so you won't it did get lose that. Its,
1: yeah, it lost its lookout sir, but I mean, there are games where I've played it with sixty um, clan rats, and it's literally in a perfect circle around it, and they just had to try to chew their way through to get to him. Meanwhile, you're just oh, sitting life. there ringing bells every turn and doing stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> playing that old 80s song ring, ring, ring my bell it's just yep. this is great <laughs> so much fun well arch warlock is great you know more 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 war power is just that's such a staple in the in the army um uh and it's scryer right so you also get your um your, your war power yeah, yeah Warp
1: warpstone so warp sparks your um your abilities you can do that not to mention arch warlock has that flat three up armor save um the extra wound and is a two spell caster
0: uh right it does get the minus one to hit your skaven's allegiance ability from the specific rule overriding the generic one. What's that?
1: um so their their specific allegiance ability is that's lead from the back. It's where lookout sir applies in combat, but i mean i'd I'd question that because being over ten wounds, they don't have lookout sir anymore, so I guess that would be yeah. a questionable area.
0: That Would be the clarification because lookout sir became for things under 10 wounds or 10 yeah. wounds or less. And the the doom, the, the gray serum bell is now a 13 is 13 wounds, yeah. so you so he would in
1: the first place, which means then most likely the in combat wouldn't apply to him either because he doesn't have it in the first place.
0: You've got your claw lord, and you've obviously yeah. chosen to get the the artifact of arcane tome and flaming weapon.
1: Uh, I was running. I was originally running the um the Mystic, I think it was the Mystic Pendant, the five up ward save on the before the recent errata where they said you can't double down on that with the bodyguard abilities. So I was looking for something to do and the ability to give him a spell to cast to turn himself into a monster, uh, is why I made him a caster. Plus then that helps lead to the prize sorcery. Um I brought him because of the thirty storm vermin his Null nash on the bone does it. So if you can get them in with their two inch reach and their small 25 mil bases, you're, you're swinging in with 90 attacks. He, I mean, he's 105. He's a cheap, he's a cheap hero and he can grab, you know, he can grab objectives. He can become chafe when you need him to block stuff. But for the most part, he's there to kind of run with the storm vermin on the off chance you get to throw them in. Do you
0: think, do you think, um, because obviously he's only got five wounds, right? There's Mm -hmm. no ward save as well. So um, do you find people underestimate the Claw Lord as just like some generic little hero and they're focusing on things they're more familiar with, like the Arch Warlock? You know, Bombardiers is another one that people are familiar with. Do you think they're underestimating the Claw Lord?
1: I think people do. um, One, because... you don't see him do much until you either give them non-nash on the bones and then they realize why he's there or another trick I'll mention in a little bit I did with him that I found kind of hilarious but he's more there just to be a support hero um and if you do ignore him he can become quite dangerous um, again he is what opens up the storm vermin to become much more viable and by making him a caster you know then he can throw out the odd mystic shield or um turn himself into a monster to get that extra victory point from running into the opponent's territory but yeah most people ignore him just because he's a little guy
0: yeah you, you you'd underestimate just a little hero do you any reason why you went flaming weapon over something like um over thing bane is uh, it just I for think the we'll, unbind
1: thing thing bane should be the i think that's one of the artifacts he can take if i'm right
0: uh i, I can bring it up it's so good yeah um All right. I'll ask you a different question coming up from the chat, which is an interesting one. Um, is there any reason, well, what was the logic behind Verminous Valor over the deranged inventor?
1: So again, for a big thing with this was trying to get survivability, especially since you're putting so much points into the storm fiends and that more and more warp power is just so darn important to make them the real blender of a unit. They can be the Verminous Valor I found with that four up to pass off the wound. It made him so much more survivable. Um, And it it really helps keep him on the board so the Storm Fiends can continue to become such a threat.
0: Thing Bane, by the way, is um, add plus one to the damage characteristic of the weapon.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I personally... uh, That could just be me overlooking it. Um, I definitely wanted to lean into having an extra wizard just for to make sure I keep that prize sorcery grand strategy. Because those extra three points, I mean, I've seen some games so close that three points can really make or break it and having an, an extra wizard is really useful.
0: And I guess it gives you it gives you the utility that if you need a mystic shield for example or an arcane bolt you've got it. Uh-huh. Uh, and you're not kind of like yes obviously thingbane um doesn't require a spell. So if you are go up against like a heavy spell list there's the chance of failing it, but on the flip side it doesn't have the versatility and uh, as you said as well price sorcery it gives you another way to score your green strategy
1: yeah and one of the tricks like a fun thing i'll tell this this with the claw lord that he can become a kind of a bomb in the end um i played a game against a friend with gargans and i had only thankful the arch and the claw lord on the table on one side and he had a gargan on the other side with 17 wounds so we took the claw lord who had two wounds on him and if anyone knows how they work every wound that's allocated to the claw lord increases increases his attacks by one so For um, a five-wound unit, you can give him an extra four attacks. So um, I kind of just started buffing him up. I used used the hero ability, uh, I think it was Last Stand.
0: The the Finest Hour?
1: Finest Hour. So you give him Finest Hour. Um, You turn him into a monster, and then you give him Flaming Weapon. And uh, I actually, the look on my opponent's face, I attacked him with the Burning Head on his own. So I attacked him with the burning head, um, did three damage to him when he only had two wounds left, passed two off to another unit. So now he's sitting on seven attacks, threw him through a knall hole, charged in. Um, he used his monster, becoming a monster, he used a monster's rampage to give himself uh, titanic duels. So now he's. And then right before, right before, he used an all national bone on himself. So now he's um, eight attacks, he's twos and twos, minus one, d3 plus one damage on everything.
0: Oh my gosh! People were talking about was it the what was the flesh Heater courts build? They were talking about the 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 smash bat. This is the smash rat.
1: Yes, he was. I, I always joked. I was like, he literally just kind of put a little bomb in his chest and grabbed onto this gargant and just hit him for seventeen wounds in one shot.
0: Oh my gosh, that's I mean, incredible! And,
1: and that's the thing. Like a list like this, there's so much versatility of how you can change it around. And in mid game, you can change your strategy completely. And in that situation, and- that's kind of what we went for.
0: And I think as a Skaven player, you, you know, I, I did ask you about your game plan in the past. I think you are the perfect counter army to respond and change. It's not like I have this plan. I'm going to do this, 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 and this, you know, you talked about the Iron Drakes. So I'm not going to, I'm going to cast bridge. I'm going to teleport. I'm going to do this, this, and this. You've really got to respond and make decisions on the fly and you're doing it constantly, you know, is it a retreat? Is it a rally? Is it a move? Is it a nah hole? Which nah hole? Like there's just so much that. It's
1: constantly. I think, you know, shifting, yeah.
0: And the thing that I found as an opponent is it's hard to plan with so much randomness. It's just, I don't know. And it's just, it's like, I, I, I can't, I, I've got to focus on my game plan. And um, cause if I just try to outthink you often, I will just get lost in the dust.
1: And that's what one of my friends pointed that out. He said, um, "I played him, and I lost all the clan rats, all the storm vermin, and the storm fiends. I just had just thankful the warlock, and the claw lord left against gargans, and I ended up taking. A, and that was turn two. I ended up taking the win in that game because he said, you, you, he's like you kind of just stop attacking. He's like you step back five feet for like five minutes, and then you come in, and then he's like you're just running all over the place, and combat doesn't happen anymore.'" yeah uh, with this army the biggest thing about them is knowing everything that you can do and knowing when to shift your tactics tactics dramatically i mean you could have everything in combat and choose you know what this is no longer going to work retreat it all change what you're doing and try a new method like mid-game
0: do you find that with the warp sparks on the arch warlock you're using it for damage are you finding it for casting like how do you oh, normally think about warp star- sparks
1: it's entirely both. Um, one of the advantages with the Warpstone Sparks is it actually doesn't say that you have to choose to add the plus damage when you roll. You can actually do that when you know how much damage you're doing. You can do it at any point in the attack phase. If you attack with the Wind Launchers and you swing in, uh, and they're D3 and you roll like four of them and they're all one damage, you can choose not to do it. You could choose to do it at that point. And then that still does damage for the next weapon attacks you use that carries over. So, and same with casting. You um, you get to choose to re-roll it after you've already rolled it. So I find I use both of those. Um, I never use the melee one. He does not go in melee. But, you know, kind of just judge how many you have left, figure out how many turns you need them for and what you need them for. And, you know, maybe you need it for that re-roll because it's super important to dispel that um, Feast and Frenzy or whatever. and Or it's super important to get that extra six damage out. But you'll find... Fully.
0: have you found it saved you from a miscast
1: uh yes i have found it to save me from a miscast i've also used it to stop a bridge um the reroll, the re for that double six to stop a bridge before sometimes you just got to go for that hail mary but that's what they're there for is you'd rather end the game one uh run out a turn early than end the game with three of them left
0: Yeah, I do find some Skaven players are conservative. They're trying to hold, they either go ultra aggressive, especially with like Gisales and Acolytes, and they just burn them all in, you know, turn one and turn two, or they hold on to too many and they find themselves with nothing to use them on because I've destroyed their threats.
1: Yeah, and at that point, then that's just, you know, that's wasted what ifs at that point.
0: So you got your clan rats. You got two units of clan rats. You got your storm vermin, and you started talking a little bit. I don't know if there's any more kind of combination between the claw lord and the storm vermin and the additional mostly, attacks.
1: Yeah, it's mostly the additional attacks. I mean, yeah, like I said, you're running like the storm fiends are heavy on the the um the minus the rend and the the heavy attacks. You have your your mortal wounds, but the storm vermin are perfect for like the archeon. Where he's, you know, he's only failing all ones, so you need a lot of attacks. Well, with them, his size, they have that two-inch reach, and they're 25, so you're hitting three rows back. You're, you know, you're still making him take 20, 25 damage, even when it's only all ones.
0: And you've also got your storm feints, and um, yeah, you, had, you have two...
1: They're um, they're your biggest they're your biggest weapon. I mean, the one of the big things is the um, the wind launchers, the minus three rend. And in this edition, there's a lot of ways to ignore rend essentially. But at the same time, I don't worry about that much. I find even rend one to be useful because you're still making your opponent use a command point to get that um, la defense to ignore the rend, and that's a command point. Then they're possibly losing for inspiring presence. So with the with the Storm Fiends, I mean, you have that minus three that tears through support heroes, and then those heavy attacks coming from the Rattling, the Rattling guns, and the Shock Gauntlets with their exploding sixes.
0: Would you consider. I'm just trying to bring up the War Scroll. Is it the. Because sh... you've got the Shock Gauntlet, or you've mm. got the Tunnel, the Tunnel thing, right? Because the Shock Gauntlets don't need uh, tunnel. Yeah, the It's the. List. Yeah. Would you consider that as an alternate kind of tunneling and like, you know, coming in from reserve type feature or?
1: Um, I personally like to have them on the beginning, the the field in the first turn, because most of the time I'm using them the first turn uh, because of that long range and the null holes. I don't like to, I don't want to give up any turns of them in reserve.
0: Yeah, fair. No, With, it's them, just, it's just...
1: with them, you hit from the front, you hit hard and you hit quick.
0: What about some of the things, and I guess, you know, we've kind of shown off the list. And, again, people, take, take what Scarlet's mentioned, season it to taste, find your kind of flavour. Uh, if you want to go more in the Scribe build, go down the Scribe build. You want to be in some Eshin, put some Eshin in. Uh, get yourself an Assassin, whatever it might be. What about one thing that people don't talk about a lot, and um, it it's hit and miss, unfortunately, for me, but you Plague Monks plague yeah. monks were a war scroll rewrite it would kind of seem like at that point they became unpopular especially with some of the nurgle stuff that you used to be able to do in addition to the war scroll changes just became they they fell out of flavor favor where do you stand on things like plague monks
1: um so i really liked plague monks in second edition there was a time when they were the most annoying unit to run because you had so many different dice rolls like you know you're you're, you're t- 60 dice are now eight different pools because you're like well these ones here have minus one ren now these that but at the same time they would put out an outstanding amount of damage um and so they got nerfed pretty quickly um and then you saw them get a big drop off and even coming into third because of that reinforcement loss no longer be able to run that big unit of 40. and with skaven they have the um the strength in numbers so if you have 20 or more uh, models in a unit you get plus one to hit if you have 30 or more you get plus one to wound now that a lot of these units are capped at 30 a single loss loses you that plus one to wound so that hurt the plague monks even more because their big thing was getting in there with a lot of attacks on threes and threes essentially but you know they, they've lost so much of that now that they're you know you're running them in 20s unless you're running pure um pestilence and when you run pure pestilence again you give up so much else because the book has so much mm. flavor from so many different clans just that you lose so much other stuff
0: there used to be the um was it ever chosen i can't remember what, what the book was there was there they used to get a whole bunch of extra rules from another source and mm-hmm. that kind of was when pestilence was at its peak um yeah. okay, not to say that you can't run a pestilence force but oh, from yeah. a competitive point it's it's probably it's a bit tough
1: um yeah, you pigeonhole yourself when you get into these certain things a lot. I've seen a lot of people pulling molder off. Um, there's been a lot of people have talked a lot on the the Facebook page, especially about running some molder lists that are doing pretty good. But again, I, I find that personally, at least for me, I mean, if other people are making it work, that's fantastic. But I find when I choose one clan, I'm really losing out on a lot of stuff. And it makes it, t- maybe it's great against Army A, but now that I only have one, it's bad against Army B. It's that, uh, that mixture that really gives you a, an advantage against every army.
0: I think the challenge, like when I look at the Skaven book, is there's so many great choices and things that I want to include. It's just that I'm capped at 2,000 points. Like there's, you know, would I like a Warp Lightning Cannon? Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. I would love one. But when I have 200 points and I could add X, um, sometimes that hard decision and people are talking about, you know, Doom Flayers, Giant Rats, you know, some of the things like mentioned, like an Assassin, um you know like would i love a a vermin lord corruptor or you know some type of vermin lord absolutely absolutely but
1: yeah there's so many options and so much to choose from some days it's just sad that you can't bring it all i mean i would love to see a nice six thousand point match where i could just bring one of everything and just have fun but yeah i mean again it's such a it's a beautiful range of models so many so much versatility it's sad that you can't bring all of it
0: well, we talked earlier in the show, we were talking about the help in Abomination and there's probably a really good, a really good opportunity now with some of the Broken Realm stuff that has come in that um, yeah, might be viable. I think, you know, is, is it, do you have any thoughts on like the artillery? I know mean, you got your play called Catapult and you've also got your warp Lightning Cannon. Because I guess the other challenge is there's some things that you want to shoot fire in the back and maybe... Maybe you you don't want to go so alpha as you are on a one drop, and maybe having a double a double warp lightning cannon could take out those big threats the the techless yep. in the back
1: yeah um I mean, to be honest, I think a couple of things we're going to see coming up. I think people are going to start seeing hell pit abominations run better and and warp lightning cannings, as you said with this whole hero hammer thing that's going on right now, you need those heavy hitting mortal wounds, and a big thing I'm looking into is dropping that one drop and trying to get some more of these back. Um, back row threats in, like the um, like the Giselles. I mean, they can still do great, and the Warp Lightning cannons. I mean, even the Acolytes, if you can find the space for them, are fantastic models. I mean, you get 10 of them together and you buff them up, they can do a lot of damage.
0: they just such short range, the Acolytes.
1: It's the run and shoot that really gives them the advantage.
0: I think the interesting thing with like the warp Lightning Cannon and the Gisales is it doesn't mean you have to worry about going first or second, um, especially if someone doesn't have that big threat that can take down your Gisales or your warp Lightning Cannon early. Uh, Obviously, Lumineth will just try to shoot them off and um, you'll lose them. But for most other armies, go first, go second, who cares? Get the extra enhancement get an extra spell in the spell law, get yourself an extra artifact. And I think yeah. that's probably what's exciting is there's a lot of list tech and there's no one single way to build the list. There's a whole bunch of ways that are, are, are viable.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like I said, um, there's a tournaments I'm going to be doing here soon. and I'm going to start trying to do some of these more clan rats in the front and more stuff in the back, get away from this one drop and really test out the 120 clan rats, two bells and just start dropping Giselles and cannons in the back and just see what happens.
0: I know the answer to this question, and uh, this person jumps in literally every one of my chats and basically asks the exact same question, and it's a viable question, and that is, do Mercenary Mega gargants have a place in Skaven? So you've got the War Stomper. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, um, I have him over here. He's He's probably going to make it into a game soon. Like, he's over here ready to come in and see what happens
0: so obviously the mega gargan is going to cost you a cp in the first turn it's going to give you 35 wounds it's only five five models on the objective it's a monster it's a hero war stomper in my opinion is the worst of the three megas um i it's the one that i least like but um and there's various reasons but before i give my response where do you stand on megas as an ally or mercenary
1: uh, in this army, I can say this, especially like I, I agree with what you said fully. The war stomper, unfortunately, is the, the worst one. Um, as an ally, I think he would make a fantastic distraction. Gargants are a petard pit, and I, I've thought about bringing it just to watch somebody focus so heavily on that gargant that they're ignoring the rest of what I'm doing. And I think in that sense, he could be very useful. If
0: it was um, the gatebreaker, if it was the gatebreaker, which was faster and more of a damage dealer, I would be open to it because you just like send it forward and it kind of is that big distraction and not like, but the war stomper is slower. It's like two or three inches slower than the arrest, and it's damage potential isn't nearly as bad as the, the Gatebreaker or even the Kraken eater who can kick the objective.
1: That would be, that would be fantastic um, to be able to take the Kraken eater. But yeah, the war stomper, I I mean, most of the time when you see people even run him in Gargant list, I find they run him because he's the only one they can afford to run for Gargants. I mean, but yeah. gone are the
0: days of four um, Gatebreakers. Well, I, I was playing with ideas with my gits to have a Kraken Eater that would kick the objective under a horde of gits so I could kind of carry this objective forward and have a, a you know a pool of 60 gits with their nets and, you know, really hard to take down. Yeah. But unfortunately, the Skaven, you don't have that option. And the yeah. War Stomper, if we get into a horde meta, if we ever get in, back into a horde meta, maybe... But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd probably put five hundred points into, I mean, Thankful and Bone Ripper is, you know I mean would rather that.
1: Five hundred points will bring in nine gisels and you're gonna do more damage from a longer range with nine gisales.
0: Yeah. I uh, uh, yeah, I think just you've got so you've got too many good options. Add yourself you know, that, that Doom bell, bell you get yourself that um one or two of the uh Vermin Lords. Um
1: Yeah, and never forget for five hundred points you can also bring, you know, almost a hundred clan rats. <laughs>
0: is oh, i was gonna ask you about your allies but it's only nurgle if you're if you're clan pestilence you got your yeah. nurgle but otherwise
1: which is sad because i had i had joked around with the idea of bringing balakor but then i learned that i i realized i can't because that would have been a lot of fun
0: <sighs> and, and and vice versa that they've lost you as an ally you know legion of the first prince used to be able to bring in a vermin lord uh unfortunately no longer that is the case
1: well no one can trust skaven and skaven can't trust anyone that's just how they play <laughs>
0: I might, I'm almost ready to wrap up the show, but I've got an interesting question I want to, I want to ask you and I've seen this discussion happen. And I think maybe people are just annoyed that people keep ignoring the great horned rat as a chaos God. It's like everyone keeps forgetting about him being appointed to the, to the, you know, to the Mm -hmm. the Pantheon. I have heard a lot of jokes
1: that he's the, he's the the redheaded stepchild kind of situation with that. Like no one, they don't want to include him because they vigil for, but he is definitely. He is a chaos god, hands down, and honestly my favorite.
0: And I have to address the pink elephant in the room. That has nothing to do with your red hair, right?
1: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> but do you think there's a world where Skaven goes destruction as as opposed to chaos? And I ask this because there's always interesting lore debates. Like are they are they chaos? Are they destruction? Like and there's arguments between the two. Where do you stand?
1: honestly, they they really do. They fall kind of on that middle line. I mean, I guess people put them in chaos, mainly because there is no real structure to them. I, I mean, their whole society is based. I love the lore behind them. If anyone gets a chance to read, pick up the Thankful book. It's a lot of fun. But I mean, their whole society is chaotic. It's whoever is the one that can shove someone else in front of the bullet faster is the leader.
0: Yeah, I do, I do love all the lore around the 13 clans and some of the ways. And then you read lore, lore stories about Nagash and, you know, always mm-hmm. foiling Nagash's plans with the Great Temples. I mean, as a former Empire player, you know, you guys are always the bane of my existence.
1: Well, Skaven uh, were the reason Nagash died in the first place. They created the Warpstone Blade that actually um, killed him
0: legitimate question coming out of patrick damn you for actually making us do some work here do you think um do you counter charge the storm vermin or walk them up without the screens
1: oh with the storm vermin i always run them behind a unit of clan rats and when it's either time when it's time to either engage i let them come into the clan rats and kill the clan rats and then bring the storm vermin in or i just run this clan rats 14 inches out of the way and then charge him with the storm vermin but i never run them up wholeheartedly by themselves unless i'm positive i can get them in combat
0: and to answer the question no there are no 13 clans in the Skaven books you've got five
1: or six uh so you got master clan scryer molder Verminous, and eshin and pestilence so you're essentially running six clans if you include master there are 13 in the lore but those are the six big ones
0: yes yeah yeah so uh then who knows maybe that range will be expanded and maybe maybe you know i know a lot of people have been asking about updates to existing skulls maybe the update will be uh one of the next one of the great clans and maybe there's a whole Fingers new thing that would be
1: Ashen love here i mean the ninja rats really need to see some time <laughs>
0: I remember them. Get, I remember getting them in the box of Mordheim, and um, you know they were cool at the time. But yeah, you look at them now with their big monkey claws and just the way their hands are versus their heads. It's, it's um, that
1: Deceiver. He's, like, in my opinion, the Deceiver's the the coolest Vermin Lord. So I'm really hoping Ashen gets to see a little bit of love here.
0: Uh, we got a we got a real question here: Is the moon actually made out of cheese or warpstone?
1: The moon is definitely made out of cheese in my lore, but in the actual lore, definitely warpstone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Skaven is so much fun! I can't. I, it is.
1: I, I want. I want. Bring. Bring on Doom Wheels. Bring back. Doom I also Wheels. have I want... here. I have a. Uh, I have the the cheese base there. I have at least him sitting here.
0: Actually, actually, let me just zoom in on you really quickly. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring you into solo. Check that out. That's so cool.
1: He's hanging out on his little cheese. <laughs>
0: Is there any final things you want to say about Skable before we bring this home? I think for me, I've had a lot of fun. I've I've really enjoyed hearing about them, not just from like a a fun lore narrative side, and they are a really fun army, Mm. but there is actually a really serious competitive side and yourself and others have really started showing the way in third edition how you might start building towards taking advantage of match play, especially in the current battle pack.
1: Uh, I mean, the biggest thing I can say is if it's an army you're interested in getting to definitely do it. There's a lot of different ways. I mean, even if you're not looking they're they're perfect, especially if you don't want to go competitive, because there's so many different ways you could play with your friends. You can stick with one army and make it feel different every game. Um, and if you want to go competitive, it's 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 tougher, but it just study the army, see the tips and tricks and don't be afraid to run away. Never be afraid to retreat with this army. That's the best tip I can give.
0: I think my other thing as well is because Skaven isn't that popular in the meta, your opponents will often not have a game plan. You will find, you know, at a match play, most people have talked about Lumineth, Guardians, Archaon, and Archaon and Kairos, Marathi, Marathi and Gotrek. Like there's all these builds that people are talking about right now. And it's like, right, I have a rough game plan on how to respond to them. But when Skaven rocks up to the table and you're not familiar because there's no one in your, in your scene or no one's practicing and playing with Skaven you don't know how to kill it. You don't focus on the little claw Lord and you don't know he's about to go smash rat. You, mm-hmm. you underestimate the storm fiends and you know, some of the shenanigans or even how do I respond to the gnar holes. So or even like
1: thank wills, uh, his warp fires. Most people still can't believe that he can over, overwatch basically with those.
0: And it's not to say that you're playing like gotcha, like, you know, surprise, I've just beaten you yeah. without, you knowing my rules, but it's like people don't have the strategies to respond and, know what to do compared to some of the others and that is a strength a massive one
1: yeah that was a big thing i noticed i did my best to at least try to help my opponents understand some of what they did you know i spent a couple of minutes at the beginning just because you know no one knows the army and you know it's i feel a little unfair if no one knows how powerful something can be in my opponents everyone knows how they work so i kind of give them that but yeah a lot of people underestimate them they go in thinking it's skaven it's an easy win and then they're yeah. like wait why are you running what are you doing what are you doing over there what's this and
0: yeah, it's true. Like, like no one's talking about it. So you're like, oh, you got here for luck, and he's like, oh, now I know. Actually, like in the right, in the hands of a good pilot, um, they can be incredibly good. So. If people wanted to talk more about to you and, and your chat lists or get some thoughts or, you know, just generally, I know you're active in the Facebook Skaven group. I'll update those show links later to, um, to have the link to the Skaven group. It seems like a really good group and it's quite positive and I've really enjoyed what I've seen. Uh, Is that the only social media you're focused on or where where can Um, other people talk to you?
1: I mean, like I'm in your discord. Um, I don't always check stuff, but I mean, if anyone has any questions, I mean, they're always welcome to ping me or however I usually, that's how I respond best, but yeah, hit the Facebook. Scaven group up. There's a lot of great people in there. I mean, they helped me a lot in the last year with my list building and helping to go forward. And I, you know, just great people, great advice. And then just you know, that's... find a scaven player and ask them questions.
0: I think that's probably one thing I've really enjoyed about third edition is that all the players are kind of banding together to kind of crack the code. You know, yeah. um, I've floated around a couple of armies already. I've been building Seraphon and Daughters, and I've got my, my Gargants and cities. And you know, like each of these little communities, whether it's Facebook, WhatsApp, Discords, whatever it is, you know, everyone's trying to crack the code. And it's great to kind of learn from everyone's experience and find out. Oh, I've got this crazy idea of running all the giant rats. You're like, oh, actually, this doesn't work. Or here's a way I found value in it, and we all kind of learn together. So, um, go check out the Skaven group. They are they're they're, they're yeah. wonderful. Um, I. I'll give them credit. Yeah,
1: definitely. But
0: thank you so much for the, for yeah. the show. And most importantly, folks as well. Um, let me know, let Scarlet know as well, and let us know how you're building your Skaven. And you know, are you a, fr- a fan of the storm, uh, the storm vermin? You know, have you tried the, the claw Lord smash rat? I'm claiming that that's
1: now a thing yeah. smash. No, rat. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. That's what he is. He's a smash yours. rat. That's the, that that's is the yours. Name. It's a gift. <laughs>
0: That's my gift to you It's Smash Rat. Um, but, you know, like, there's some great things, you know. I love the Bombardier model, and I, I think there's a good place for the Bombardier. I love that we've revisited Thankwell. I'd love to see, like, a triple Vermin Lord list or something. Um, I think there's some b- bit of juice there. Uh, you probably could still... He- yeah, heavy casting list. I want to see Skaven. Bells,
1: about. I'm going to be running I a was... triple bell list here to try out.
0: I was going to say I want to see the Horde of Clan Rats and um but yeah it's scaven everywhere scaven and hell pits bring them back now that you've got those extra rules i want to see hell pits and i want to see hidden hidden weapons teams bring hidden weapons teams Uh surprise me i want to play gits versus clan rats and i want to bring out my fanatics and i want you to bring out your hidden weapons teams and and i want to like
1: another yep
0: yeah All right. Thanks everybody. Scarlet, you are a legend. Thank you hey, for that. Thank you and, um, oh, Let me know in the comments, like, subscribe, all that stuff. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below.